Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. I, uh, I hated church when I was a kid. Just want to get that out of the way. <clears throat> Man, I, I hated it. I don't know. If I came here, though, I'd see a spawn side. I'd be like, party. Awesome. <clears throat> um, oh, my gosh. I hated it. My mom always made me go every Sunday. We went to church, and it was like, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but like, you just learn how to play dead real good. Are you always sick? And uh, I was waiting for the bribe, because the bribe was coming, like, come on, we'll go get a donut church. I was like, all right, let's go to church, get a donut. <clears throat> and uh, I would wait. There would be like a moment. I knew if we got so far in, it was like mint time. Like, if I'd gotten that far, the reward was a mint, so I'd just be like, push for mint time. And like, oh, mint time. And then there was coloring time, and drawing time, and like... I'm, she's going to smack me time because I'm uh, all the man. We went to church all the time. And I was like, I remember looking up at the guy up front and being like, you must have drawn the short straw of the community. Like, that's got to be the most boring worst job ever. Uh, that's horrible. This didn't like it. Every week we went there. We, we like even would come back early from vacation to go to church on Sunday. Like, I don't, we'd come back early from like camping to go to church on Sunday. And I'd be like, Mom, school doesn't start till Monday. Why are we coming back on Sunday? We got church. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we do. I think uh, in the American culture, there's like this thing about uh, church. That, uh, you know, like, hey, have you been to church? Hey, you're going to go to church? Hey, you got to get the family to church? Like, we got to get to church. Everyone's going to church. Let's go to church. And after a while, it becomes like this theological thing, if we can just get everybody in the building, if we can just like get the kids there, if we can just get, if Elvis is the building, we're in the building, everyone's in the building, everyone's there, then like there's some like magical spiritual thing that's going to take place. And sometimes I think we tend to judge our spirituality on like, hey, I went to church and I sat in a row. If you're new to church, uh, I just want to tell you, uh, we really don't put a whole lot of emphasis. Uh, God doesn't take attendance on just coming and sitting in a row. It's, it's so much bigger than that. It's much, much bigger than that. And, and you're smart people. You're smart people. Some of you uh, were raised in a family where, like, dad never missed church. He never missed church. And, and he missed a whole lot of other important things in your life. In fact, some of you probably even would like to go back to dad and be like, dad, you never missed church. Why, didn't, why couldn't you miss church? And instead, you missed my, my ball game. Or like you missed, you wouldn't miss church, but you'd miss my recital. And there were so many things you didn't ever miss church for, but you missed out on so much of my life. Some of you grew up in a family, and uh, you did. You went to church every weekend. And then Monday through Saturday, you looked for evidence that you'd actually been to church <laughs> that weekend. There was this thing of like, we may hate each other all week, but by golly, we're going to go to church on the weekend. This value of just being in the building, like we're here. Things are better. And I just don't believe that like, that was the way it was supposed to be. Like, that's just it. I don't think there's some kind of magical, mystical thing about just coming here and, and sitting in rows. It's, it's part of it. It's part of it. But I think there's just so much more. It's much grander. And that's what I want to talk about today. I believe, I believe that we, that the whole thing, is about people who have discovered God allows us to call him Father. And he sent his son to teach us how to live and then to pay for our sins. 
and that we want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. And I've discovered that part of it, part of it, just part, not all of it, part of it, part of it in that process is coming. And to become more like Jesus is coming and gathering and listening and learning and listening and learning and gathering insights. But I think that's just part of it. So as we continue in this series in James, I don't want us just to get part of it. I want us to get the whole thing. And nobody really says it better than Jesus. So I'm going to let him say it. And then I'm going to try to talk about some stuff after that. So if you'll join me, I'm going to go to Matthew 7, 24. This is right after um, what people say is the greatest sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, it was really fantastic, but most people don't like really know what it says exactly. And it's really overwhelming and hard to do. And then he says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, that's, that's like uh, the come to church part. We're here listening to his words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, some of, some of us come here, we bring our Bible, and some of us, we take notes, and some of us, like, we tweet stuff, and you're the whole time you're waiting, like, just say something good so I can tweet it. Um, some of us, you know, we, we, like, check in on Facebook, like, hey, I was at church, everybody needs to see, like, I'm here. <laughs> like, you're waiting something for awesome, like, me to say something awesome, and you get a like or two. <clears throat> and... Uh, and so that's the come to church part, right? It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this part right here, right? And, and, and puts them into practice. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, I like, I like the first part, but I come here and like the listen part. That's cool, but um, puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Some of you guys who maybe went to church, you knew this song, we sang it in church, and it was like, and then the rains came down, the floods came up, and the rains came down, and the floods came up, and it blew, and it beat against the house, and yet it didn't fall because it had a foundation on the rock. And then Jesus says this, he says this, but everyone who hears these words, it's all of us again, of mine, and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains came down, the floods came up, and the rains came down, the floods came up, and it came down the crash. Nobody did that song. Okay. I need more people in the front row that did that song with me. <laughs> um, everybody in the back row was like, what is happening? It came down and it fell with a great crash. And then Jesus, you know, after he's done talking about this, he says, hey guys, yeah, that's great. Thanks for sitting here in the front row. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for taking notes. This is great. Acknowledging everything. You're getting this all down. Thanks for listening. But, but, if you hear, if you hear what I'm saying, you don't do anything with it, even if you hear it and you believe it, even if you hear it and you're convicted by it, <laughs> even if you hear it and you go, hmm, that's what like Christian people do. They go, hmm, that was good. <laughs> even if you hear that, and you don't put it into practice, you're like a foolish man who built his house with no foundation. And when the storm comes, because we all know it will, it says you'll fall with a great crash. So the reason, the reason that we gather here, the reason we come to this place and we listen and we learn and we open God's word together is because some of us have already had that crash. Some of us have already had a crash, and we don't want another one. Some of us have crashed our marriages. We don't want to do that again. Some of us have crashed our finances, and 
We don't want to do that again. We're still digging ourselves out of that. Some of us don't have crashed morally. Some of us have crashed relationally. Some of us have crashed our kids. Some of us have crashed our bodies, you know? And maybe, and, and, and many of us in these moments have discovered that when we come and we listen and we open God's word and we listen and we learn and then, and then we do what Jesus said, we practice, we practice, we do, we apply what Jesus taught, we can avoid further cat crashes. I'll tell you uh, my, my favorite group of people that come to church. It's middle schoolers, high schoolers, and college age. Gosh, I love, I love that group. I love you guys. I love that group. Um, because they're more pre-crash than the rest of us. <laughs> just because, and it's, more, it's not because like they haven't figured anything out. They just haven't had the years of experience to experience as many crashes as we have. And if, and if we can come around them, and, and if we can tell them and teach them like, hey, it's not just about listening. It's not just about sitting words, but doing, doing what he said and, and getting a firm foundation and teach them what God says that when the storms come, because they're going to, we all know this, and havoc is in their lives, at the end of the day, they're going to be able to stand firm. So really the bottom line, really the bottom line of this is that hearing and doing is what makes the difference. Hearing and doing is what makes the difference. Here's the deal. Uh, you know, uh, the, our, the Northgate, you know, coming here on the weekend, the gatherings and online and everyone who watches and listens to the message online and in the app, it's just not, that's hearing. We're just not content with that until everyone is doing because that's what makes all the difference. I'll give you an example. Um, some, of, some of you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> um, some of you, you have exercise equipment at home. <laughs> I don't even need to tell you. You already know. <laughs> do, you, do you remember how healthy you felt when you bought that? <laughs> like when you got and you're like, wow, I just feel so good about myself. I just bought a treadmill. Man, this is going to be amazing. Honey, let's go out to eat and celebrate. <clears throat> this is going to be great. And then you like, then you like lugged it in. You dragged it somewhere. Like you got some weights and you're like, I'm going to set up a home gym. It's going to be awesome. Bowflex. Oh my gosh, I, I, I have grand dreams. You guys don't even know how much reading I'm going to get done while I'm working out. And like, I might even study the Bible. It's going to be awesome, right? And you just felt better, but you weren't any better. <laughs> Jesus says, you can buy all the equipment you want, but unless you're doing it, it makes no difference. And the same is true in advancing your relationship with God and deepening your faith. So now, uh, years later, Jesus' brother, it's his younger brother, James, he writes this letter to some Christians, it's in the New Testament, and he, and, he, and he gives us his take on the very same thing that Jesus had said. He says this in James 1.22, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Isn't it crazy how relevant that is today, 2,000 years ago, how relevant it would be in this moment, that we've come, and we understand that when we come and we listen, and for some reason, we feel like coming and listening and sitting in a row somehow gives us progress. I bought a treadmill. I bought some weights. I'm already making progress. We feel like we've made some progress. I've, I pulled into the church parking lot today. I managed the crowds. I found a seat. I even sang a little bit of one of those songs. 
today. I even felt emotion. I must be making progress. And James says, no, 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 no. You're deceiving yourself. Another thing that's a, a part of our, uh, our American culture is that, and it's so interesting, I don't know how this came about or where this came from, but coming to church is sort of synonymous with feeling bad about ourselves, right? I, I hate to go to church, but I love to go to church. I just hate it, and I love going to church. But I always feel so bad about myself, and we've equated, some of you especially, we really equated that feeling bad about ourselves and feeling guilty about ourselves is, is the same as having a spiritual experience. So the worse we feel about ourselves at church, the closer we feel to God. And, and it's like this emotion. And, and you come up and you're like, oh my gosh, this was such a great service. Totally feel convicted. Totally was talking to me the whole time. And you're like, wow, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm coming back next week for sure. This makes me feel awful, but I love it. But just in that moment uh, where we become aware of our inadequacies and sin, and you know, you're like, I just felt so close to God. And some of us have confused guilt, some of us have confused conviction and inadequacy when we see it up against the scriptures. And we've confused this with an authentic relationship or encounter with God. And that's as far as it goes. Oh, I feel so guilty. I'll see you next week. <laughs> and James says, hey, hey, no, don't, 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 don't deceive yourself. Please, please, please don't leave the church thinking that because you've made progress and you've heard something and because you felt something, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do. Do what it says. Just like my older brother told you. You got to, don't deceive yourself. You got to do what it says. And then James goes on to give us this beautiful, perfect, um, incredible word picture. He continues and says, anyone who listens to me or anyone who, anyone, that's us, who listens, that's what we're doing, to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And here's what he's saying. Hey, you come to a place like this. You come here, and you sit in the rows, and you listen to God's word being taught. You open that up, where we use creative elements, and we have lights, and we have loud music to keep you awake, and we have visual aid, and all these things, free coffee, we're like trying to make you comfortable in these big squishy chairs. You know, you come to an environment like this and you become aware of some of the things that need to change in your life. You become aware that you maybe need to do something different with your family. You become aware that maybe you need to date differently. You become aware of maybe I need to spend my finances a little differently. You become aware that maybe I need to change the way I'm interacting with my children and like actually interact with my children. You become aware that maybe you need to confess to your parents. You come to an environment like this, and you become aware that something needs to change. And to leave and not change is literally like walking into the bathroom in the morning after you've slept on your face, looking at yourself in the mirror and going, oh. <laughs> then 
getting dressed, and then leaving and going to work or school and doing nothing about it. That's ridiculous. No one would ever do that. I know you don't. I can tell you how long you stare in the mirror every day. I can't. Do you want to know? Until it gets better. <laughs> That's how long everyone sits there and stares in that mirror. Until you fix it. Right? You'll stand there as long as it takes in the morning until you see something different. <laughs> okay, well, like only like, middle, well, like seventh graders and down. They don't care what they see. That's what, <laughs> do you remember being in middle school? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I, I don't, you didn't care what was in the mirror. You, like, you're like, hey, can I go sleep over at my friend's house? <laughs> and, and your parents are like, oh, you, do you need, like, you need me to give you some stuff? You need some stuff like from the morning, like you know, a toothbrush and a comb? And What are you going to wear to bed? And, and you're like, uh, what I played in? And they're like, oh, well, what are you going to wear tomorrow, the next day? <laughs> what I slept in? <laughs> what the heck? I just want to go to my friend's house and spend the night, right? Like, if, but, but, like, if we go and have a sleepover at somebody's house, you know, because <laughs> we do all the time. <laughs> we got to, like, pack a bag. I got to get, like, my kit back because I got to fix what happens in the morning after I slept on my face all night. Right? <laughs> we would never do that. We would never, we would never dare to look in the mirror and not do something about what he says. And James says to, to do that, to sit under God's teaching, Right? To sit under the teaching of his word. Become aware of the changes that need to play, take place in my heart, in my relationships, the forgiveness, the apologies that need to happen. I confess something. Uh, the, the money you need to quit spending in a way. The relationships that maybe you need to get out of. To listen to God's word taught and become aware. is like looking in the mirror and saying, ugh. And then doing nothing about it. He says, that's just foolish. You'd never dream of doing that in the real world. In the real world, you never get credit for looking in the mirror, Right? Like, no one ever gives you, like, credit for looking in the mirror. You, you don't do nothing about it. If you got up in the morning, you did nothing about it, and you went into work, and someone was like, oh, and you were like, what? And they're like, well, I don't know. Maybe you, like, should line it up a little bit or put a little makeup on or comb it out a little bit. You would never be like, no, don't, don't do that to me. I looked in the mirror, and they would be like, well, at least you're looking. You don't get any credit. They're not like, oh, okay, at least you looked. In the church world, in the spiritual world, we deceive ourselves. We think that somehow I'm getting credit, right? Right now, you're getting credit for sitting in rows and becoming aware of what I need to change. And you don't get credit for being aware. Imagine going to work day after day. Like, let's say we just do three days in a row. Going to work day after day, and you just do nothing about what you see. Someone eventually is, that loves you is going to go, are you okay? <laughs> And your response is, pray for me. <laughs> and they go, well, why? Well, because I need to like start wearing makeup and I need to shave and I got these little red things on my face I need to take care of. Pray for me. And they're like, why don't you do something about it? <laughs> and then they say, no, 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 just pray for me. <laughs> you would never do that. But we do that in every other area of our life. Here's the strange thing about it. Here's like the craziest thing about it. You see, the greatest regret, the greatest regret most of us have isn't whether or not we took care of the things on the outside. The greatest regret is whether or not we took care of and that we're refusing to deal with 
the things on the inside. Mm. Man, we always try to make sure we look so good on the outside, but we so often don't do anything about what the real issues are, the heart issues, the habit issues, the attitude issues, the forgiveness issues that wrecks and ruins our life. It causes havoc and takes us down. We would never dream of leaving the house without fixing what you see in the mirror. But for some reason, why, why, why are we so willing to walk away from an environment like this and refuse to deal with it, refuse to deal with what we're confronted with? So, Northgate will not be content. We're not content with just full rooms. We're not content with just building more buildings and new buildings and nice things. We're not content with the tens of thousands of people that listen to the podcast every year. We want to create environments. We want to create environments where people do something with what they hear, where they get out of rows and get into circles. And James goes on. It's pretty powerful. He says, but whoever looks intently... Some of you know it, looking intently. Some of you ladies have the intently mirror. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like that round one? I was at a hotel once. I was like, what's this? And it like had a power switch <laughs> for a mirror. I turned it on. I was like, ah! <laughs> I saw things you should not see in the intently mirror. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. <laughs> but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives, the perfect law, that's the scriptures, that gives freedom. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue. If you're a younger or if you're a new Jesus follower, that, that freedom word probably bothers you a little bit. You, uh, you don't tend to associate um, freedom with the scriptures. When I was a little kid, I was so confused as to why the Bible was gigantic. I was like, I do not understand why there are so many pages in tiny print. This is ridiculous how big it is. You could sum up the Bible on a three by five card. It was no. Hey God, is it okay if I, no. <laughs> Can I do this? No. That's all I felt it was like, right? When you're 16, that's what you see. And people would always say like, oh my gosh, isn't this so liberating? There's so much freedom in being a Christian. I'd be like, where are you going? What kind of Christian are you? I don't understand. But then some life experiences happened, right? I got older. You got older. When I was younger, I'd see like it teaches forgiveness. Like you need to forgive someone. And it'd be like, are you kidding me? I need to give somebody a gift after they've done something to me? Who does that? This is nonsense. It's about payback. And I'm going to wring it out of you until I finally get it back if it takes the rest of my life. Some of you guys have met people. Some of you, now you're older. Now you see it. Some of you guys grew up at home with a dad who decided he would never forgive his own father. Some of you have grown up at home where you had a mother who would never forgive her sister. You grew up around people you work with, and they're so angry and so bitter, right? It's like the venom that belongs to someone else, and you think, what's up with you? And they just never choose to forgive. And to forgive is to let somebody off. And the perfect liberating scripture says, no, 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 no. When you forgive, you let you off. 
You give yourself a gift. Oh. I grew up uh, being taught I'm to honor God with my body. Well, you're 16. That's not freedom. That's shackles. But now I'm older. Now you're older. Many of us, most of us, maybe even all of us, wish we could go back to some time, some season in our life when our expression of freedom created bondage in our bodies and our habits and in our memories. And we wish we could go back to this time, this season during, during that weekend or during that, that spring break or during that season of life, during our first marriage and honor God with our bodies. And some of you would be liberated because of choices you've been making then. And this all makes sense. This all makes perfect sense. And it only makes sense when you do something with what you've heard, with what you hear. And as one of your pastors here, as one of your pastor's friends, I want you to be free. I want you to have that. And I know, I know, I know you will never, ever be free just coming here and hearing and listening, listening to messages. The only way you're going to be free is when you do something about what you've heard. And here's how he finishes up. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, the scriptures that give freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Friends, it's, um, it's about getting out of rows and getting into circles. That's what we want to do here. Get out of rows and get into circles. To begin to do something with what we've heard, with what we hear each weekend. One of the most beautiful things that I love about this weekend, and it happened totally organically when I came in last night, I saw a 14-year-old playing the piano for us this weekend and leading us in worship. And a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old standing behind Jesse and, and leading us in worship. They're doing it. They're not just hearing it. They're doing it. And there's so many of us in here that aren't. So we want to help you. We want to help you get out of rows and get into circles. Some of those circles is getting into a small group because we know that when you're in a circle and you're in serving together with a smaller group of people or you're in a, a circle in your home or you're in a circle at work with a small group and, and the people in small groups and different places and, and you're having those relational connections together and you're talking about what you've heard, that it becomes personal and then becomes to, it starts to change. You begin to do it together. You're not just, we're not just talking about um, your finan- our finances. You start talking about like my finances with a small circle, with my kids. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm struggling with. How can I apply this this week? How are you applying? How can I help you on this journey as we do what Jesus taught us so that we would be blessed in all that we would do and not deceive ourselves? So how do we get into circles? That's what we want to do. Some, uh, we actually have three baptisms in a minute. Uh, some people decided, yeah, yeah. But you know what that is? You know what that is? Three people got out of the row that they came here to do, and they said, I'm going to do something. I heard it, and it's time to do it. And that's going to be an expression of freedom. How cool is that? Maybe there's more of you in here. I need to get up, 
Go wear our shorts, that'll fit you. Go wear our t-shirt you get to take home. Get a towel. And come here and do it. And do something about what you've heard. Oh, this is cool. We have all the kids coming to see what it looks like when people do things. <laughs> Going down the aisle. So, um, will you bow your heads? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.